Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened a doorway between universes, and we don't know who or what we'll walk through. Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Beware, spoilers. Coming to you from my basement, as always, my name is Don. And to my right, we have our comic book guy, John. Hello. And to my left, we have the professor, Ken. How you doing tonight? Fantastic. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty darn good. All right. So we just came back from seeing the new Doctor Strange, and so we thought we would sit down and, you know, tell everyone what we thought. There's a lot going on in this. There is a lot going on A in lot this. to unpack. Did it feel too busy to you guys? Kind of. I don't know if it was really busy, but I have heard a lot of people on the internet talking about how there was a lot of expectations to understand a lot about this movie, and some people left a pretty confused. So when you talk about a lot uh, a lot to understand, wh- what was the chatter you were uh, hearing a little bit about on the internet in an elevator pitch? Different characters from different movies. Example, the Illuminati. Some people didn't know who each of those characters were or their background stories. People didn't know who Klee was. People didn't know who the monsters were and their relation. If you hadn't watched the Scarlet Witch series, you weren't sure what was going on with her or what happened to her, mm-hmm. why she had the kids, things like that. There was just a lot that if you did, you don't, like us, if you don't follow pretty much everything Marvel puts out, then there's a lot to try to kind of fill in the gaps there. I did not uh, finish uh, Marvel's What If. I only got about halfway through. And thank goodness I got halfway through because that was kind of helpful. Really? Yeah. What, what, what was helpful about it? Well, the Miss Marvel and then having uh, an undead Doctor Strange, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, I'm not necessarily that unfamiliar with the idea of having you know, uh, a zombie sort of feeling, you know, in the MCU. Oh, so, so it kind of softened the blow for you? A little bit, yeah, because I got to say, this is definitely the darkest cut we've had out of an MCU movie. And just, it was somber, and it, it has definitely uh, uh, taken us to a more mature level because we are deep in the MCU now, and they are uh, exploring different corners and it is not near the surface of you know what we have in the light fun of iron man or captain america anymore this was the first marvel movie that has actually been slapped with the tag horror oh no shit yeah so they I, Disney I, I, actually I, I put the that. horror tag on this one. i buy that i appreciated the horror themes um could it have been more horror absolutely but we'll get into it We'll get into it. Yeah, I, I think that the, that we got what we got, courtesy of Sam Raimi, I think. Yeah, I, and I, it's, you know, good thing or bad thing. I'd say the biggest connection that you brought up the What If, ser- what if series was obviously Captain Carter. She's the big player in the What If series that they brought into this movie. Absolutely. 
Released on May 6, 2022, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was directed by Sam Raimi. The screenplay by Michael Waldron. Music by Danny Elfman. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Achiwatel Ajuafor, Benedict Wong, Sochil Gomez, Michael Strahlbarg, and Rachel McAdams. This is the 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah, I got to say, I'm not sure where they're headed. I was feeling that as well because, yeah, it, like I said, it's it's a deep cut. Yeah, and so, I mean, let's go ahead and just, we'll just talk about it now. Where this comes from for me is... Uh, the direction that Sam Remy took us. All right. So uh, Sam Remy, big, big director, Evil Dead's, uh, the Spider Man. I mean, he really is kind of the one that brought the Marvel franchise to the forefront, to the big screen in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? You remember the first Spider Man? Yeah. It's fucking awesome, right? Absolutely. However, that being said, I felt that his direction of this film, um, he couldn't decide whether he really wanted to make a horror film or if he wanted to make a horror film with a lot of camp in it. And this movie to me felt really campy. So I'm concerned a little bit to see what's going to come out of this. I almost feel like when they came to him with the idea of this movie and said, we want to make it more of a horror related uh, style movie he immediately in his head revisited Evil Dead 2 because it seemed like there's a lot of theme and a lot of elements from that. In the fact, even Bruce Campbell's in there repeating a scene of him beating himself with his own hand, um, you know, pulled straight from it. I mean, there's, you know, deadites in this movie with the zombie, you know, strange. There's the evil spirits. There's a lot of camera shots that are very similar to Evil Dead. There's the camp from Evil Dead that you just brought up, you know, the humor that they add in, you know, a lot of it seems like he almost drew all of it back out from when he did Evil Dead 2. Yeah, which is too bad. That took me out of it. It it did. So I was expecting a lot. This film does have its moments and it definitely is a Marvel film. And, you know, I've always said that Marvel can do no wrong in my book. This one probably would not break my top 10. And it's the newest one out. It's the the one that's supposed to be the best. They're supposed to just uh, they're supposed to be getting better and better as they go on. And maybe Infinity War and Endgame spoiled us, right? Um, out of all of the Phase Four movies that I'm looking at here, my favorite one to date probably is Shang Chi. Shang Shang. Oh, for fuck's sakes, Shang Chi. Phase Four we get after Endgame. So Phase 4 has 11 movies in them. We are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We are 5 movies in to Phase 4, and we've already seen Black Widow and Spider-Man, who we've seen very recently, right? And then we get introduced to the Eternals and Chong-Chi. We're not really going anywhere. I feel like we're going backwards. Spider-Man was cool. And it was cool to see uh, the multiverse, I guess, introduced. And, and we have a whole podcast on that one. Yeah. Right. Uh, but did we see too much of it in the Spider-Verse? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Right. So I was expecting a lot out of Doctor Strange. And I don't know. It just, some of it just really fell flat. For well, me. 
for me, the way that I took this movie was this was an experiment, first and foremost. It was to see if they could do a horror-related type movie. And I'm sure they're waiting to see if they got it right or if they got it wrong. Um, so far, fan reaction has been mixed on both sides. Uh, I think, you know, me as kind of an Evil Dead 2 fan, um, I liked some of the camp and I liked some of the elements. And there was, a you know, one or two little jump scares in there and some creepiness, things like that. But it didn't work, I think, to the point of what they wanted to work. Now, in your comment about what we're getting out of each of these movies, that they don't seem like they're going anywhere. I do feel like when you look at the bigger picture of all the movies together, each movie has kind of brought an element that I think is going to reward us hopefully in the end. Uh, Just looking at a few of the movies, Spider-Man No Way Home, that introduced variants to us so that you could look at different multiverses, have different versions of our superheroes. The TV series Loki, that introduced the idea of a multiversal war that's leading up to what I think is going to happen with Kang and everything else. The Scarlet Witch series, WandaVision, introduced us to the idea of this Scarlet Witch out there that has prophesied either to rule the multiverse or destroy the multiverse. So again, we're kind of going back to the multiverse idea. Doctor Strange has introduced us to incursions. So the idea of universes collapsing into each other and destroying each other. um, In the comic books, the way it works is... The universes can go to war, and if one destroys the Earth of another, then its universe takes its place and there is no incursion. The two universes aren't destroyed. So that's kind of what's introduced in the Doctor Strange movie. So each one is kind of giving us a puzzle piece that's going to lead into, I believe, the Avengers movies. That's a compelling point. I I think that that's really interesting to think about. Your point that you make about having it be an experiment... That's a really dicey experiment because you already got two more movies already in the can that are coming out this year. You got Thor, you got Black Panther. And so if you're exper- – man, that, that, that's, that's – what if you don't guess right? Well, here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to hopefully cool our jets a little bit on the multiverse stuff for a little bit and Thor's going to take us back to what Thor does. And uh, I hear great things right now. I am really looking forward Black to Black Panther. Um, as well so uh hopefully and and if we do have to touch on it still and bring in the kang this that and the other let's do it in the end credits like we did with thanos well i think you're absolutely right i don't think thor is really gonna it might add some element in here maybe a little bit of multiverse i doubt it i know that black panther they've already announced who's going to be kind of one of the big bads in that which have you heard who that's going to be no it's going to be namor the submariner Oh, really? Really? In the comic books, he is a member of the Illuminati. So my theory kind of is is that now that Doctor Strange has experienced Illuminati, maybe he creates the Illuminati because in the comic books, he's a founder of the Illuminati. Hey, as long as we don't get six different versions of the Illuminati, I'm fine. I don't even want two versions of the same character anymore. I don't give a fuck. Let's move on. Well, I think... I think the next time we're going to get a real big push for the storyline of this whole multiverse and incursions going forward and Kang, all of that, will be the Ant-Man movie coming out because he has been announced as the bad guy in the Ant-Man movie. Right. Oh, I guess that's that, that kind of sort of needed to be coming. And if you want my comic book prediction for that one, 
we've already been it's already been revealed you know in the avengers movies that the quantum verse you can do time travel via the quantum verse what if they add in the element you can travel the multiverse to the quantum verse as well then is anything ever really at stake and this gets me right back to what i want to talk more about in this movie well, there is a thing. If you're talking about at stake, uh, one thing I read that was interesting and it was a really good point was that getting into another multiverse, into another universe unnaturally is what causes the incursions. That's something that they made a big point of. So using the Darkhold, like Scarlet Witch did, is what caused the inversion. Same with Doctor Strange. When he used the Darkhold to go to another universe, that can cause an incursion. Anybody going there naturally, like America Chavez did, or like we like the prediction is, is that Klee can do, then that does not cause an inversion, that recursion that does not cause any problems. Well, I guess it only matters is if uh, a universe does get destroyed. Mm-hmm. But lucky for us, we can go back in time and just fix it. Well, yeah. I don't know if they can do that anymore. We'll have to see. So do you they think, don't have Tony Stark anymore. So do you think Scarlet Witch? But they have has, the they have the quantum. They have they have they have Hank Pym. They're the okay, bud. But if the universe is destroyed, there's nobody left to go back in time. Well, no, they'll find a way. Uh, I'm going to talk about my theories of what's going to happen when it get we get to the uh, Avengers movies, and it has nothing to do with time travel. The uh, Avengers movies. Yeah, when we get to phase five of because, phase six. Oh. Because that is that is what is wafting about. The thought that people seem to be having is that, is there another Avengers movie coming out of all of this? So yeah. that, yeah, that, that, that seems to be sort of a, a murmur, a, a whisper, if you will. Yeah. Well, I'd also like to say that, you know, next year we've got three more Marvel movies coming out. So, you know... Six Marvel movies in two years. Holy buckets. That is a truckload of information, a truckload of content that we are going to be reveling in and hypothesizing over and pontificating about. And John, oh my goodness, you are going to be geeking out like we've never seen you before, I'm sure. The only word I can think of is nerdgasm. Well, I, I, for your sake, I hope it's good. I really do. Um, yeah, and you're absolutely, that's a great point because I go into these movies with really high expectations. I only, I would say the only two movies that I didn't have very high expectations for was Shang-Chi and The Eternals. And I was, uh, you know, I was happy with them. I wasn't thrilled with them. Shang-Chi, though, I thought was a great movie. Doctor Strange, I went in with really high expectations. Really? And when we get to my review, I'll talk about how it didn't quite hit the bar that I was hoping. So you had high expectations for I this. I had you really didn't. high expectations for no. this. No. Oh, my expectations were through the fucking roof. I thought it'd be at least as good as the first movie. Based on what I saw in the previews, I'm thinking there is so much going on and it's all multiverse stuff and i am just i don't want to say that i'm on multiverse overload but it's definitely uh taken the uh the the front burner of you know uh storylines lately and the possibility of what if right and because of that it's just like well you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and sit back and go for the ride and we'll see where the ride takes me and so i didn't have high expectations and i didn't have low expectations maybe for me it didn't really feel whole like a marvel movie 
Well, let me put it this way. There's a lot of different themes that were throughout this entire movie. And one of the themes is very Marvel that I felt like this movie was almost a remake of another movie. Can you guess what movie I'm thinking? Evil Dead 2. No, of another Marvel movie. Evil Dead 3. No. (laughs) Evil Dead 4. Did this not have like vibes of Civil War? No. If you think about it. Okay. Think about it this way. You got... Doctor Strange yep. protecting America Chavez, kind of like Captain America protected Bucky. Now, if you look at it, there's another character who was a hero who's kind of doing some villain things, trying to attack and kill America Chavez, kind of like Iron Man was trying to kill Bucky. So that's where it kind of got, you got these heroes all fighting each other, kind of like a civil war. So what you're... <laughs> I just it felt like a, to me it felt like so, a magical version of Civil War. So it was just a retread then. Kind of. That's so what I, I got that impression. So it wasn't So in your mind it wasn't really that original. I am really hoping that your Lord of the Rings tie-in is going to be stronger than that. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I did sorry dude, I didn't get those feelings whatsoever because Civil War was a better movie. Well, it was a better movie, but if you look at the just dr- but, but I did. broad, broad theme. Right, but I, I didn't because I was trying to focus on the themes that were being thrown at me, and I got it, and it was fine and dandy, but I just feel like we've we've done it already, kind of, in a way. Kind of. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel you, right? Because, you know, we go with what we know, and then from there, you know, we believe in in, in our characters, and, and they're going to persevere and carry us through. And maybe those expectations are met, maybe they're not. And then we have, you know, story arcs that happen, and hopefully they go in ways that we want them to be. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I like I was saying earlier, I just, I'm going to sit back and wait and see where the story takes me. So the thing about Marvel movies, I think from the very beginning, they are very much stories about relationships. Yeah, oh yeah. And and each filmmaker had their own way of bringing forth said relationships and making us care, right? Uh, the moment in Infinity War really doesn't happen for you unless you see Homecoming between Iron Man and Spider-Man, right? That's the relationship. I feel like even in Shang-Chi, we got some good relationship stuff. And even in The Eternals, I bought it uh, a little bit, right? But the relationships in this film... I. I don't know if it was the script or if it was the directing, but I just, I don't know. I didn't really feel um, all that compelled to any of the characters. Same. We talk about a lot about storylines and things that they throw into movies that feel very unnecessary. For me, it was this whole love story between Doctor Strange and Christine. They kept going back, you know, the wedding and does he love her and all that. That whole side story I, I don't see how that had any impact on how the movie went. Of course you don't, because it was the love story, and you don't like the love story in any of the movies. But did you figure that there was a point to it, that it was necessary for the movie? Yeah, it was Doctor Strange telling Christine how he's always felt about her, but not having to tell uh, Earth-616 how he feels about her. So it's it's him growing. It's him actually letting her go. Do you think that's what it's because... The idea is at the end, with Klee being introduced, that maybe he can move on with her now. Is that what you think the whole point of that was? Sure. Okay, because I, I just didn't seem, I just didn't feel like that was necessary in the movie. It would still have been the same movie without 
you know, he could have expressed his love to Christine, you know, the, the alternates Christine, without us having to even go through that whole wedding thing. We could have just could have just shown us a wedding invitation that he was invited to her wedding. Well, or, or I, the I, pictures I, of her getting married. I or, think I think uh, the wedding scene was. Um, they saw it on what if and said, oh, that'd be a cool scene to do. And I think that's where it came from because it was the same fucking scene. So I thought that you had a relationship strange is working through and then you have Scarlet Witch and a relationship she's trying to work through. You know, this is a movie about relationships. America Chavez and an alternate version of Dr. Stephen Strange flee through the space between universes to find the book of Vishanti to stop a demon chasing them. This strange is killed and Chavez accidentally creates a portal that transports them to Earth 616, where this universe's strange rescues Chavez from an octopus demon, chasing her by killing it with the help of the Sorcerer Supreme Wong. Chavez explains that the demons are hunting her because she has the power to travel through the multiverse. Recognizing signs of witchcraft on the demon and the alternate strange's corpse, Strange consults Wanda Maximoff. When Wanda mentions America by name, something Stephen didn't mention, he realizes she is responsible for the demons hunting Chavez. Since acquiring the Darkhold and becoming the Scarlet Witch, Wanda believes that controlling the multiverse with Chavez's powers will allow her to reunite with Billy and Tommy, the children she created during her time in Westview. When Strange refuses to surrender Chavez, Wanda attacks Carmitage, killing many sorcerers. Chavez accidentally transports her and Strange across the multiverse to Earth 838. Wanda uses the dark hole to dreamwalk into the body of her 838 counterpart, who lives a suburban life with her own Billy and Tommy. So how'd you like the opening of the movie? It was pretty. We open up with... Uh, what is he, the Defender Strange? Yeah, he's called Defender Strange. And Chavez, I like that it opened it up with them speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then uh, we find out that they're being chased by a demon. And the visuals will, were great. And I even kind of liked the way Strange looked. And we find out that this demon wants uh, America's powers. And because she can travel through multiverses. Which is a handy superhero power to have in a movie about the multiverse. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of the the book in the middle, but uh, I knew that this is going to be what the end of the movie was about. I have to give credit to Marvel that uh, America Chavez actually came out in 2011. That's when she was first introduced. And she does have the abilities that they gave her in this movie. So they really just went and grabbed a character who would work for this movie that... Someone who can basically punch holes and travel through the multiverse through those holes, those star-shaped holes. It's a little gimmicky. It's a little bit of a weirdness. But basically the way they portrayed her in this movie is the way, like her origin and everything is the way it's portrayed in the comic books. Yeah. So then Strange wakes up. Oh, he, he just had a bad dream. Yeah. The, the dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets ready. He goes to a wedding and we find out that it's Christine. I love the way he looked. At the wedding. He looks so Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because the white's finally in his hair, and he he looked perfect. He looked exactly like he should look in the comic book. Yeah, yeah. And then so him and Christine talk for a moment, and then... Well, before that, what did you think of them bringing back the Doctor from the first movie? The one that he was kind of a dick to? Yeah, okay. I thought it was interesting, and then the fact that kind of... 
you know, I know, Don, you've said in the past, you're not, you're over it, you're done with it, but they bring back up the blip and what happened to people during the five years. Yeah. Thank goodness that was the only mention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, it, it's the time we live in. I'm kind of hoping that maybe this might be the last time we hear it. Oh, listen to you now. So him and Christine, they talk and then they hear a ruckus outside. And uh, would you guys think of him jumping off and summoning the cloak and, you know, him just taking off? Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'll say one thing interesting that I thought, and I guess it makes sense from what everything that happened with Endgame, but everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows that he's the Sorcerer Supreme. You know, it seems like, you know, the original Ancient One kept it all a secret from the world. Nobody knew about the magic and the spells and everything. And now it's just all public knowledge. They all know who he is. They knew who he was at the wedding, you know, and he jumps off and I love the people's reaction to, Oh my God, we get to see him in action. Yeah. Especially yeah. the, uh, the husband of Christine, his reaction, he's almost looks giddy. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Stark can announce that he's Iron Man and you know, Dr. Strange announces he's, he's the Sorcerer Supreme or he's a superhero, then so be it. He looks exactly the same when he's Dr. Strange or civilian Dr. Strange anyway. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the point, right? I kind of got it that, you know, it's better than them trying to give us some kind of idea of how they've hidden all these things and how they've hidden this sorcerer from the world. Yeah. All the actions. Yeah. So that big old critter, all I could think about was the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I actually said to Don, I don't know if you heard me during the movie, when they killed him, I think by like stabbing his eyeball and pulling out his eyeball, I'm like, that's how you kill a starfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to admit when, you know, you find out that it's a big octopus looking thing and, you know, very reminiscent or in the same vein of uh, the starfish from Suicide Squad, took me out a little bit. And this, and this particular scene... Um, this is where we meet America and Dr. Strange helps her escape. And then while they're fighting, Wong comes to the rescue. And it and it's at this point where the first kind of campiness kind of sets in for me. Uh, because the, uh, the octopus just didn't, I don't know, just didn't look all that scary. And the tentacles come out and it wraps up Wong. And it's one of those do-do-do-do-do moments. And it, I don't know, it, it just felt that, campy that part felt very cartoony to me cartoony you know, thank you that's you know, so fucking when the octopuses always grab the bad guys or grab popeye or something like that yes that's exactly what it, i thought i do think though you know the cgi and what they did with this character and the fight scene actually was a lot better especially than the way they did in suicide squad that you know it did look intimidating the way that it was thrashing around and fighting and you know grabbing people and throwing things i thought it worked pretty well in the story but you're right it was a kind of a campy character to bring back this you know dr strange he's a, a demon that's been around for like 40 years you know in the comic books to bring him back for this movie they maybe they could have chosen a, maybe a better character well I, I mean whatever about the character i just think the way that it was brought to us was campy mm -hmm. and it could have been not campy. I believe so, his name was Gargantos. Yeah, that, I, that's, that's, fuck, I have no that's idea. That's one of the names they give him. He had an original name in the comic books, but he was based off of a character from a book, and the uh, relatives of that author sued Marvel, and they had to change the name right before the movie came out to Gargantos. I am wondering, when we get uh, Doctor Strange saying, prove it, it's like, I wasn't expecting him saying, prove it. 
how do you how do you prove it? I I get it. Yeah, she just happens to have a, another body with her. Oh, I got this in my pocket or something. That was kind of that was kind of awkward. When he said, "What was she proving?" I'm from another universe. Oh, and right. he said, "Prove it," and then she basically drags out the dead, strange body. Oh, right, right. Prove it. I don't know. It just felt clunky. My thought was, yeah. you know, she's been running around doing all those things. Has she been dragging that body the whole time? No, she jumped right there from... Oh, no, no, no. You're right, because she was on the bus. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. And that's what I was wondering. Where was this, and why is this with you? Like I said, you pulled it out of your pocket or what? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's one of her abilities. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. She has one of those, you know, like in the... Uh, mul- or massive multiplayer online games you have a backpack that can hold you know tons of stuff yeah oh kind of like in harry potter yes hermione's purse yes there you go fuck's sakes she put a dead body in her purse um so the the monster's defeated and now we get to hear who america is she sits down and she explains it to strange and wong and they need to find someone who has uh experience uh with multiverse and they figure out that there are runes involved and the only sorcerers who use runes are witches yeah and so so they decide we got to go to the most powerful witch we know which is that's scarlet witch um and so this scene uh when he goes to the apple orchard we've seen in the trailer and we knew it was coming but wanda fucks up she says you know bring america here and i'll protect her um as opposed to going to camertage and uh strange says i didn't say your name or no she stops because strange stops and she goes fuck i didn't say her name did i (laughs) and then we finds out that she snaps her finger and everything it looks like hell and she is the scarlet witch and she is the bad of our movie and at this point i was thinking okay i forgive the squid now let let's see where this goes this was my big first surprise of the movie i did not expect her to be the bad guy you know i've tried to purposely avoid a lot of the trailer information i think i you know i saw the super bowl trailer and that's about it i did i avoided all the internet stuff on the internet i thought she was actually there to help him in from the trailers i did not see her being the villain of this movie i'm glad that they decided to go this way uh because she is pretty fucking powerful she is probably the most She's probably the strongest Avenger. Did you notice the effect when the apple orchard turned into just the dead trees? Like the reality stone? It looked exactly like when Thanos used the reality stone. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to basically say she is as powerful as the reality stone. Yeah. I mean, she's from the Mind Stone, so, right? That's supposedly in the MCU how they unlocked her powers was through the Mind Stone, so you're absolutely correct. But there are some theories out there that you know they bring into the movie the idea of Wondergore, which is a land where the Darkhold Tower is, um, and that's where I think his name is Ch- uh, Chython or Tython, something like that. He wrote the Darkhold. She was supposedly born there with her brother in that land, and he's the one who put the power within her to basically be the Scarlet Witch, and the uh, Hydra folks with the Mind Stone unlocked the power that was already within her. So that's kind of, I think, where they maybe were going with their bringing Wondergore into this movie. Yeah, maybe. So we find out that Wanda uh, is the one hunting uh, America, and she believes that by controlling 
America's powers. She can get Billy and Tommy back. She can get Billy and Tommy back. She did have, you know, an interesting argument in that, you know, why shouldn't she get what she wants? And why shouldn't she be, you know, like everyone else, she's lost so much. Well, why shouldn't she be able to do this? You know, the cost of one life versus all the people she's going to kill if she doesn't get this one person is, is a tough argument when you're dealing with a villain like this, you know, someone who's got kind of, you know, a sad story and a compelling argument, but again, she was in the wrong. Yeah. She's just being selfish. Very selfish. The one thing that my first reaction to when she kept telling her sob stories and all that, and you know, why she deserves this is, well, don't the other, you know, the, the other Wanda's out there with the kids, don't they deserve to be happy as well? You know, and she's going to go kill them off. You know what my first thought was? What? Where the fuck is Vision? That has been brought up that the white Vision uh, is still kind of figuring out. Right. No, I, I get it. But Earth it, 616. Cool. There cool. Should, there should be Where, other visions. Thank you. Where are all the other visions? That, that is an interesting question. And how too. does she really have these kids? Does she give birth? I honestly think that she created them in all these universes. See, that's but what I to think too. Because Vision can't produce children. Even in the comic books, when Wanda and Vision had children, it turned out later that it wasn't Vision having anything to do with it. It was Wanda's creations plus Metaphisto helping, you know, secretly helping her create these children. Cheeky minx. So really, even in the comic books, they've done this thing where the children are taken away from her. I I took it as Billy and Tommy. They are only WandaVision products. That's mm-hmm. it. All created by her. Vision created by her. And that's all they can ever be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my thought too. But who knows? Again, they kind of brought up the, the rules change every universe you go to. So maybe somehow... Bobby and Tommy can exist in other universes, whereas they can't exist in ours. Sure. I don't know. You know, red, green. Oh, you, you go on red. Right. Yeah. Or your so, paint. Doctor Strange will not give up uh, America, so he takes her to Comertage, and they have the let's get ready for battle scene. And what would you guys think of Wanda coming in and laying the place to waste? I was surprised how quickly, but not surprised how quickly it went. They, they looked formidable, but I knew that once they fell, that it wasn't going to take very long. I really dug the big cloud coming in, and then when it lifted, it was just her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And I appreciated the fact that she got into people's heads again. We wow. hadn't seen that since Ultron. I, I was just going to say, I love that whisper effect. Wanda is not to be trifled with. So, and I like, uh, she even says, you know, this is me being reasonable. <laughs> and so they have to escape and, you know... Uh, America can only activate her powers when she's really scared, which sketchy, but okay. Uh, so she gets really scared and she transports herself and strange to earth 838. But before that, this is one of the places where we get one of our first, at least that first that I caught Easter eggs in the movie, which was, did you notice the green minotaur? Yeah. He is named Rintra, I believe is his name. Um, And he is actually very popular in the comic books. He was a character who Doctor Strange met uh, in the comic books and eventually became Doctor Strange's apprentice and learned from him to become a sorcerer. So a lot of big Doctor Strange comic book fans were really happy to see him added to this movie. So how does Wanda know that they made it to 838? I I think if you notice when she's kind of doing her meditation thing with the little red balls all around her. She's looking at each one to see if she can find it. And she's using some kind of tracking spell to figure out exactly which one there. Cause then she grabs one of the balls, looks at it and she immediately sees 
Doctor Strange and America in the ball. So she, I think she's using that to look. All of them represent each multiverse universe. And this is where they bring up the Dreamwalk uh, uh, premise. And I, I got to say, I really like that. Uh, when you dream, you are dreaming of yourself in another uh, multiverse. I thought that was kind of clever. I thought the so, great, great response someone gave was, you mean I can fly in another universe? Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, Wanda takes over the Earth 838's version, which I thought was uh, a nice little trick. And this is kind of where the horror element came into it as well. Did you get an Evil Dead vibe from that, kind of the whole possession thing? Yeah, I got an Evil Dead vibe from the whole fucking thing, and it took me out of it, John. Mm -hmm. It did. No, I, I totally understand. If you're not a fan of that style, then really it is going to put you off. And I don't want that in my Marvel films. So there's a scene in the movie uh, when they first get to this new earth that they're kind of walking down the street and Strange is learning the differences between his universes and other universes. The example they give is in this universe, red means go, green means stop. Another example is that nobody pays for food here. So American Chavez goes to a cart and grabs some pizza balls, I guess they're called. Um, I thought it was interesting. Sam Raimi always puts Bruce Campbell in pretty much every one of his movies and so they obviously had to bring bruce campbell in and they have a little argument about paying for the food i guess you do have to pay for things in this universe and strange casts a spell on bruce campbell which leads to our next easter egg which is bruce campbell's hand becomes possessed and starts punching himself in the face and attacking him in the exact same fashion it does from the evil two evil dead two movies and for a fan of evil dead two I enjoyed that scene. I could see, Don, when I was looking over at you during that scene, you were not a fan of that. No, I was rolling my eyes. What did so. you think of it, Professor? I thought it was uh, tchotchke. Did, it, it was gimmicky? It was trite. Did you get the Evil Dead 2 connection to that? Yeah, and I really didn't care. Okay. While searching for help, Strange and Chavez are arrested by Earth 838's Carl Mordu and brought before the Illuminati, which consists of Mordu himself Captain Peggy Carter, King Black Bolt, Captain Maria Rambo, Dr. Reed Richards, and Professor Charles Xavier. They explain that through reckless use of his universe's Darkhold, Earth's 838's Strange triggered and barely averted a universe-destroying incursion and had to be killed before he caused any more harm. Mordu believes Earth's 616 Strange is similarly dangerous, before they can pass judgment, Wanda arrives and kills the Illuminati except Mordu. Strange and Chavez escape with the help of Earth's 838's counterpart of Strange ex-fiancé Christine Palmer, an Illuminati scientist. Fleeing from Wanda, the trio enters the space between universes to find the Book of Vishanti. But Wanda appears and takes over Chavez's mind, using her powers to send the others to a sinister, mostly destroyed universe. On Earth 616, Wanda begins the spell to take Chavez's power. Strange and Palmer fight the sinister universe of Strange, who has been corrupted by the Darkhold. Strange uses this Darkhold to dreamwalk into the corpse of the alternative Strange, which remained on Earth 616, and save Chavez. Unable to overpower Wanda, Chavez instead transports her back to Earth 838, allowing Billy and Tommy to witness her evil. They recoil in fear, crying for their real mother, Earth 838's Wanda. So here's where we get the introduction of the Illuminati. What did you think of that introduction? 
uh, it was all for nothing. Ask me why. Why? Because they're all fucking dead, right? But they have counterparts. But they don't. But they all don't necessarily have to be the same members of the Illuminati. You're absolutely right. But I think the interesting part of this that I think we will see in other universes is every universe will have their version of the Illuminati. So the idea that there's this powerful group out there that represents different factions um, was an interesting one to add to this movie. And it was nice to see some of these characters. I mean, you've got the actor that played Black Bolt from the television series they brought back for this movie. Yeah. So that was an interesting point. You know, bringing in uh, Professor Xavier from the animated series, not the movies. He was the animated version of it in the yellow hover chair. And they even, Danny Elfman brought in the music from the animated series to basically give that key is this is not the movie version of Professor X. This is the cartoon version of him. So that was two interesting facts. The other thing I thought was it was nice to see, you know, the internet has been crying out for John Krasinski to play in the future movie, Reed Richards in for Fantastic Four. And so it was great to see him in that role. Yeah. They were all in those roles for about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they all get killed off. And I got to say this, this part, Sure, it was nice to see the Easter eggs, this, that, and the other. Uh, but I have to say, one of my favorite parts of this movie is when, you know, Strange is telling them, you can't fuck with Wanda. I wouldn't worry about what I'm doing and because they're all concerned about him. And, you know, he's saying, Wanda's going to fuck you up. And so she comes in using her other body uh thingamadoodle and i thought this was very horror movie-esque too the way she the way she executed him the way she looked her face her eyes and then you know reed richards is trying to level with her he says black bolt just has to open his mouth and you're dead and she says what mouth and his mouth goes away and he wants to say something so it explodes him from the inside well i thought that was fucking brilliant the the fact that the back of his head exploded out was a shot, another shock to me. I did not see that coming, and I thought, like you said, that was brilliant. That was just, to me, one of the craziest scenes of the entire movie. And then she makes Reed Richards pretty much unfold. Unravel. Unravel until he pops. Yeah. So Black well, Bolt's dead. Reed Richards is dead. And so we get Agent Carter, who is a badass. I'm going to give her that. And the new, uh, or Captain Marvel, which was Maria Rambo. And, you know, they kind of have it out. And I think uh, what was fucking brutal was when the Scarlet Witch threw the fucking shield at Peggy and it went right through her. Mm -hmm. I thought that, and then when it hits the wall and it's dripping with blood, I wanted more of that. You know what I mean? And when she, how she kills uh, Captain Marvel, I didn't really buy because isn't she supposed to be all powerful? Yeah, and I think she's kind of invulnerable too. So I don't, I don't know for sure if she is actually dead. One thing I did like, kind of giving that horror aspect, was Wanda's line to Reed Richards, which was a very sinister line where she says, "Do you have a wife and children?" And he goes, "Yes, I have two children and a wife at home." And he goes, "Good, someone will be there to take care of your children." Yeah, and then she fucking goes all psycho and kills him. Yeah, so that to me, that just showed how far over the edge she has gone. Oh, fuck. She's been over the edge for quite some time. She wants to kill this little girl for her power, dude. Mm -hmm. For some children that don't even exist. Mm -hmm. Talk about fucking whack job. Did you have any thoughts, Professor, on the Illuminati? Yeah, what this scene gives me is this is where I start to think, you know what, they're all going to die, clearly, because Wanda's just walking in, mopping up the place. And I really don't care. There is this uh, 
this indifference, this malaise that settles over me. Oh, they all die, but who cares? So what? Because there's more universes of them. And so now dead really isn't dead. You know, we have a dead Doctor Strange at the beginning of the movie. And, oh, hey, look at all these other what-if characters. It doesn't matter. Dead really isn't dead anymore. That's right. You bring up an excellent point. It was something that I mentioned to you, Don, earlier, which is one of my concerns about what what door Marvel has opened up, which is nobody has to remain dead. If they wanted to bring back Tony Stark and Iron Man, well, he just comes from another universe now. If they wanted to bring back Captain America, we'll go grab him from this universe. So really, they could relaunch any character they wanted. So, you know, kind of like the Marvel comic books, death is no longer sacred. Dead, death is no longer the end. Yeah, because let, let's face it, uh, when when Tony Stark dies at, in Endgame, I'm never going to feel that again. I, I can't because eh, they'll just bring him back. Right. Which is, it's it's a little disappointing, and, and so that leaves me a little crestfallen with the movie. So however it plays out is however it plays out. You can do whatever zany antics you want from here on out, but from here on out, it doesn't matter anymore. There's only one way... This entire, like I think five phase five or phase six can end, that will solve this problem. You know, the multiverses are going to go to war. There's going to be incursions. They're all, the universes are going to fight each other. It's all going to come down to, in the end, one universe remaining. And that universe will be finite where death will be death. Now, that universe could be built up of different variants when they relaunch everything. So we could get a new Captain America. We could get a new Iron Man. We could... But there will be no more multiverses, no more other universes to grab people from at that point. So, so. it'll be curious to see what quantum mania has to reveal to us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still a little ways away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that drove me nuts uh, about this animated Professor X is that we, I don't need the little brain waves to go from his head to tell me that he's using his fucking powers. That was, again, a, kind of a hint to me. This is the animated version because that's what you would expect from a cartoon. Right. And I wasn't watching a fucking cartoon. I was watching the MCU. Yeah. There are standards here, guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, do, I And I blame the direction. I do like the part where they kind of had the battle on the mindscape where they go. He goes in and he's trying to find the one. Oh, that took universe. fucking two seconds. That wasn't even a battle. But there was a couple things in there that I liked, which was showing Wanda in underneath the rubble, I believe that might be representative of, you know, Scarlet, which told the story in, I think it was, was it Iron Man Civil War or one of the movies, maybe Avengers, where she said that her and her brother were buried in rubble for months or for, sorry, not for months, for some time. Sure. That, it, that explosion. So that was representing her memory of that, you know, buried in that rubble. The second thing was, this is where we get to see how corrupted uh, Scarlet Witch really is, is when she comes kind of out of nowhere and kills Professor X, the way she looks is representative of how dark her soul has become. It wasn't when she made Black Bolt blow himself up from the inside? We still saw the regular Scarlet Witch. I'm talking about the corrupted zombie mutant looking thing that came out and snapped her head. She's odd. She had all the black all over her face and her hands and her arms. And she kind of looked like an evil witch in that dreamscape, in that mindscape. You don't remember how she looked when she came out. She looked like a deadite monster. I mean, she looked scary. I just felt like you know, the way she looked in that scene is we're basically seeing the corruption. 
So they flee through the underground tunnel that takes them under the the lake or whatever it is. And then when they finally get that door and they slam it down, why did they just stop? Okay, she stopped. And so they stop running too? I thought that was so dumb. One thing real quick before that, when the Illuminati tell the story of what happened with their Doctor Strange, this was another Easter egg that they kind of quickly threw in that not a lot of people are going to catch unless you're a fan of the comic books, which is their Doctor Strange of their universe had a blue cloak. In the original Doctor Strange comic books, his cloak was originally blue. So that was just a call out to the fans of people who were fans of the original storylines of Doctor Strange. Now, one thing I thought of originally when they came through that door, you know, and the whole watch would fit. First of all, I kept thinking, why would his watch from his universe fit this door of the other Doctor Strange of that universe? Maybe the watches are identically the same. I don't know. I thought they'd be a little bit different. My other thought was when they went through the door, why didn't they close the door so she couldn't come through? But then when I thought about it more, I thought, well, maybe that means they would have trapped themselves in there because they wouldn't be able to open it from the other side. Why did they have the watch with them in the first place? I think he always carries a watch. He has the watch on his wrist usually. Is that the watch he normally wears? Yeah, the one that Christine gave him that has the cracked screen. Yeah. But I just I I kept know. thinking, why would that one work in that universe? So they get in, they get the book or whatever, and Wanda catches them, and she takes uh, America. And uh, Well, before that, can I jump in one more time? No, fucker. For me, it drives me crazy when they're on this adventure to get this specific, you know, particular thing that's going to help them, and they finally get it, and it gets destroyed right away. Did, yeah, that just seemed like you know a sad thing to happen, and it actually the comic book side, you know, person in me, um, I have mentioned before when things happen in movies that are scripted a certain way in the comic books, kind of bugs me that you know it didn't go the way it was supposed to. In the comic books, the Darkhold and the Book of Ashanti are basically opposites of each other. They can counter each other. They cannot be destroyed in the comic books. Um, basically to destroy one or destroy the other creates an imbalance in the universe that could destroy the universe. And the only way they can be destroyed is if the higher ups grant for pages to be destroyed in the movie, they quickly destroy the dark hole just by stabbing the book and then kind of like Harry Potter. And then, you know, the Vishanti gets one spell zapped and the book burns up. And so that bugged me that they took these two iconic items from the comic books and just made them nothing. So America and the Scarlet Witch go to the tower at, what is it called? Wondergore. They go there and they take Wong with them because it turns out that Wong can translate some of the dead hold that was painted on the walls. Dark hold. What did I say? Dead hold. Well, it could have been the Necromedicon, either fucking one. Necrocomicon. Yeah, could have been that too. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Raimi. Well, Um, it, it is dangerous to read from both books. That's what they say. So anyways, um, Wong, Scarlet Witch, and America are in one place, and Christine and Steven are at a different universe where they run into the... Sinister, know, the, Sinister Strange. I'm going to call them the Goth. The Goth Strange. And, uh, that you place know, was trashed. It was. It looked. Um, it almost looked like Inception meets, uh, I don't know, when, oh, the, oh my God, that was going to be so horrible. When they first got there, bad. did you catch our next Easter egg? Uh, no, maybe. When they are walking through the area looking at all the floating things, the damages, 
There was something right there in the street that was our next Easter egg. What? The floating Oldsmobile. Why an Oldsmobile? Because Sam Raimi puts an Oldsmobile in every... Every movie. That is the director's trademark. No, I didn't notice. Um, Nerd. So they, <laughs> so they meet Sinister Strange, and Sinister Strange and regular Strange have to have a battle, and they use musical notes. So they have a musical fight, and... The th- interesting I was thing. kind of annoyed by that. It Gimmicky. W- it was a very interesting thing, and I can't remember exactly what the tunes were now, but did you notice that Sinister, every time Sinister Strange attacked, it I think it was a song from Fan of the Opera or something like that. Dark notes played on organ, and every time that you know our Doctor Strange attacked, it was more of a happy tune. So it was kind yeah. of kind of got really gimmicky and silly there. Yeah, they were really hitting it on the head there, weren't they? And so, uh, you know, our strange uh, overcomes that other strange, but not before we see this third fucking eye pop out of his fucking forehead. And again, we already talked about it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I don't fucking like the third eye. It's creepy, it's fucking stupid, and fuck you, Marvel, for putting it in there. I knew it was straight from a comic book. It had to be. Well, yeah, same with uh, Professor X's fucking brainwaves that we could see. Well, since you don't want to talk about it, I am going to bring up something about it, which is, I feel like this was something we talked about in other movies that they, they give you kind of a little bit of foreshadowing to tell something in the end. We see that this is obviously a darker version, a sinister version of Strange because he's been corrupted by the Darkhold. That's how we know in the end of the movie when we see the third eye that he's also been corrupted. That's, the, I think, the only reason why they put that third eye I am sorry forever teaching you what foreshadowing means um so yeah we're we're getting uh you know time's running out um america's gonna get her uh powers zapped away but uh strange decides you know what i'm gonna do exactly what i told wanda not to do i'm gonna dream walk and so he dream walks to another strange the only other one where he knows where he is right and um you know, talk about convenience. Good thing America brought that dead strange with her into Earth 616 because you can't dreamwalk into Earth 616 if you're in Earth 838. Now if I've you don't, gone cross-eyed. Yeah, if you don't have another version of yourself in that universe, you can't dreamwalk. Right, that's what I just said. Doctor Strange dreamwalks into the... Um, corpse. The, the corpse turns into the fucking zombie strange and him and Wanda start to have it out. And, you know, uh, they finally come to the realization that they can't beat her. No matter, you know, what they do or whatever, she's just too strong. Dr. Strange says something to America about, you know, be the best you can be, pretty much. It's this big pep talk. And so America finally learns how to control her powers. Believe in herself. And takes Wanda to 838's house to see the boys and then the boys get to see you know the evil and then the other wanda i thought at this point both wanders were going to have a fight that's what i thought and i was really hoping that they were going to have a fight but just to appeal to her nature as a mother and use um the boys recoiling in fear to to be her downfall i just thought that was kind of just played out i would have much rather seen uh 838 wanda beat the shit out of scarlet witch and then you know 
or a, a little bit of an epic battle. Or a little bit of something, right? Other than, oh, look at your kids. They're so sad and so scared. And she's like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to... And I'm doing air quotes here, listeners. I'm going to kill myself. Well, the two things about these scenes that you mentioned that really bugged me is there's certain movie tropes that have been done over and over and over to death. One of them that always bothers me is our hero with abilities doesn't know how to use them until they are given the confidence and then they can just control them perfectly. Always hate those. You know, they were afraid to use them, but now they can use them perfectly. The second one is the villain will see how evil they are and the trouble they've caused. And now they're going to go and repent for the things that they did. And that's kind of what happens with Wanda here is she sees in her children's eyes that she is the villain, that she is the monster and that she has caused all these problems. And really she's going to have to basically orphan these children to take over the place of the current Wanda. So now she's got to go and make up for it. And I didn't like that ending either. Well, if it makes anybody feel any better, these kids aren't real. So there's that. And we definitely should have had vision. We should have had vision here. Where the fuck was vision? He, he, he needed to be at this house at this time. Yeah. Realizing how much death and destruction she's caused. Wanda uses her powers to destroy all copies of the dark hole throughout the multiverse, seemingly sacrificing herself in the process. Before Palmer returns to Earth 838, Strange tells her that he still loves his universe's Palmer, but has always been too scared to have a real relationship. Chavez begins training as a sorcerer at Comertage. Sometime later, Strange develops a third eye as a result of using the Darkhold and is approached by a sorceress, who warns him that his actions have triggered an incursion as both walk to the Dark Dimension. Roll credits. As Wanda destroys the tower in Wondergore, uh, Chython, I think it's, as I said, Chython's tower, and s- destroys all the dark holds and all the dark universes, is she really dead? No. no. I, don't, I don't think she is. No. If she, if she was, I would be super disappointed in Marvel. She, even if she is the villain, she deserves a better death than that. She was badass. I was kind of rooting for wanda okay let me put it this way i was rooting for wanda in wandavision right because i really me too i really got to care about the character and elizabeth olsen did such a great job and then to see the turn that she takes in this she makes a full 180 you know what i mean pretty fast yeah and so i thought she was great and if if she is actually really dead and not in the mcu anymore I would be upset, but knowing what we know and nobody can really die and there's really not any stakes anymore, um, she'll be back. Well, what did we also know about Elizabeth Olsen? Oh, well, she has two more movies on her Yeah, she signed so. a contract to do more movies. Now, they could bring her back as a variant, but that would be a shame, you know, if they do that. What I honestly think now, is- What's good. the fucking difference at that point? Yeah. What I think might happen, and this is a real stretch, this could be- Way, way off, so Don, don't yell at me later when I'm wrong on this. Wondergore Mountain is also the home of somebody else. It's the home of the guy the named, Grinch. named the High Evolutionary. Oh, for fuck's sakes. When Wanda was born in the comic books, her and Quicksilver, um, they were taken in by the High Evolutionary in Wondergore. Do you know what's important about this character, High Evolutionary? How can we? He has actually been named 
to be the villain in an upcoming movie. Starship Troopers. Guardians of the Galaxy. What was his name? High Evolutionary. He is going to have ties to Rocket Raccoon. Because what he does... I didn't think he was the bad guy. I thought, uh, what's his name? Is Christian Bale. Well, no, that's in Thor. You're thinking Gore in Thor. <laughs> Gore in, in Thor. Thor. <laughs> yeah. Gore is going to be the villain in... Uh, Gore, the god killer, is going to be the villain in Thor. High evolution. You, you know why? You know why that uh, stuck with me it was because I see Rocket in the Thor trailer. Yeah. So there you go. Now for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, again, this is just rumors that have actually been put out by the director and by some of this that could be totally. Then is it off. rumor? Well, it they've put out clues. They haven't revealed for sure if it's really going to happen. Um, the idea is that. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to look into where Rocket came from and how he be, you know, went from a raccoon to kind of a humanoid type character. Well, that's what the high evolutionary does. On Earth, he takes basically animals and evolves them into people-like characters. So he's like the Dr. Moreau. Exactly. That's what he was based on. So the idea is that maybe since he, he's more of an evolved human who has all this crazy technology, things like that, I'm thinking that maybe somehow he pulled Scarlet Witch out of that cave before she died or rescued her somehow. You know, maybe her magic protected her, who knows? And that she's going to end up, the next time we may see her is through some kind of little glimpse or some little hint in Guardians of the Galaxy. Nah, she faked her own death and she's going to go chill out for a while and maybe we'll get her in Quantumania. She could also do a, a reality warp or somehow, you know, that helps her survive. Or she really is dead, but there's hundreds of other galaxies with hundreds of other Wandas that we get to see. After the battle, um, you know, we think that the Scarlet Witch is gone and all the problems have been solved. Uh, there was a moment when uh, our Strange and the other uh, Christine from the different multiverse, you know, Strange gets to tell her, you know, that he loves his universe's Christine and uh, he kind of gets closure with that because she got married, uh, kind of like we talked about earlier. And then so they go back and everything is right as rain and we're now at Carmitage and they're teaching America to be a sorcerer. Yeah, and it all seems to be tied up in a nice, cute little bow until we see Doctor Strange, you know, walks out of his, you know, home uh, on Bleecker Street, I think it is. Yep, yep. And he walks out of his home, he's all happy and dandy, and then his head starts hurting. And then this fucking third eye. I didn't like it, dude. I don't like it. One thing I appreciated about this is a lot of Sam Raimi style films end with our hero, you know, with a question of what's wrong with our hero. Something has gone wrong. If you look at Army of Darkness, you know, you got Ash, you know, being stuck in this place. Or no, if you look at Evil Dead 2, you got Ash stuck in the past kind of thing. In this movie, our hero falls down and this third eye appears and the movie ends. So... A lot of Sam Raimi fans were happy about that. Give us that Sam Raimi ending. But no, then they go into this post credit scene where all of a sudden now he's learned to master the third eye. He can use it at you know will, and it doesn't seem to hurt him anymore. So they kind of took away that suspense of what happened to Doctor Strange in the end of the movie to, well, I guess he wasn't hurt that bad. Now, the next scene that we have is uh, Charlize Theron, I believe is her name. Mm -hmm. uh, she shows up. In the purple outfit, which was representative of the character Klee. Now, are either of you familiar with the character Klee? No. 
No. Well, in the comic book, she obviously was introduced a long time ago, early on, and she's like 40, 50 years old. Um, she is really ends up being a love interest of Dr. Strange. So that's where I think this whole thing with Christine maybe was going was to give him that closure so that maybe he can build this relationship with Klee. She's actually from the dark realm, which is basically, you know, what we see that portal open up to where Dormammu is. Uh, she's from there. She actually was the daughter of the person that originally ruled that realm before Dormammu took over. Dormammu in the comic books is actually her uncle. But I doubt they're going to kind of go that direction since he's this big supernatural being. Um, but she is basically the Sorcerer Supreme of that dark dimension. So she is a powerful sorcerer in that dimension. And it looks like that, you know, she can at least travel through the dimensions. We don't know if she can travel through the multiverse yet. But she claims that Strange has created an incursion. Now she said Dr. Strange created it. She didn't specifically say he created it. So maybe it's another version of Dr. Strange created one in the dark realm. All right. What do you guys think? Should we rate this bitch? Oh, no. I got a couple things to talk about. Uh, do I really want to hear it? I'll give you a choice of which two I'm going to start with first because you're going to get them both. Well, then I don't fucking care. I want the second one first. Okay. So we're going to talk about where I think the Marvel movies are going and what the point of introducing incursions are into the Marvel Universe, now into the MCU. So basically there's two storylines happening right now in these Marvel movies, and as each movie comes out, it becomes more and more obvious that they're using these storylines. The first is called Avengers Times, excuse me, Avengers Times Run Out. And basically in that storyline in the comic books, incursions start happening because a universe gets destroyed. So every universe starts collapsing into each other, the one next to them, until there's only two universes left. Um, the heroes discover that if they destroy the Earth, which is the linchpin of each universe, if they destroy the Earth of that universe, then their universe will just take the place of the other. This creates the idea of multiversal wars, which was brought up in Loki that there was a multiversal war that almost destroyed all universes. So that's where I think they're going, is that we're going to start seeing more incursions happen, causing wars between universes. So now we're going to get characters from each universe fighting each other. So we could get Peggy Carter fighting the Captain America of you know, our universe to basically see which universe is going to exist. We could end up which I think is going to happen, you know, in Endgame, we had all these heroes coming out from every movie fighting, you know, Thanos's, you know, characters. Now we're going to get a new version of that, of our universe's heroes fighting another universe's characters, like alternate what-if versions of themselves in a huge battle that's going to basically come between the last two uh, universes. Now... The character I think we're going to see at the forefront of this, the villain, is going to be Kang. It was mentioned in Loki that there are versions, evil versions of Kangs out there who want to save their universes, who want their universes to be the last universes. So he's going to be basically, versions of him are going to be leading these universes into the wars and causing the fights. And in the end, the two universes is going to be Kang's final universe versus our universe for final supremacy. 
Now, this is where it brings in the next storyline of where Time's Run Out led into, which is what's called Secret Wars, where basically both universes are going to be obliterated. There will be no MC universe and no Kang universe. Kang or somebody will basically take remnants from all the multiverses that are left, that are the bits and pieces that are existing out there somewhere, and make something called Battle World, which is basically the next movie where we're going to get a, a world that's a mix of all the universes. So there could be Thanos back. There could be a version of him. We could get the what-if version that maybe he's with the Black Panther who's now Star-Lord. We could get all that into one planet. So we'll get a movie of that, of them fighting Kang to restore the multiverse. Um, there's going to be some way they're going to figure out to restore the multiverse uh, if they can defeat Kang's rule over Battleworld. Once they defeat him, that will then relaunch the multiverse or create one universe, one you know central 616 or just the number one maybe, where now we're going to have a universe that's going to have certain characters picked and chosen, probably the most popular ones of the different variants from the different universes and, and kind of create this Marvel universe of new characters uh, and with old characters. And that's how the rumors are that uh, Marvel is going to relaunch the MCU with this new universe of, you know, these different characters. That makes me tired. Yes, it is exhausting. I honestly think it's not a great idea because, as you put it, uh, Professor, if they go this route and they create a new multiverse, we know death no longer means anything. If they create the one universe, that's just an easy way to kind of say, you know what, we've run out of stories, so we're just going to throw in all these new characters and create this new universe, so you have to live with it. So what do you think? You guys ready to rate this bitch? I got one more thing. Oh, let's hear the first thing second. What uh, what time is it, Don? And now it's time for John's moment. This is going to be good. No, it's not. He's lost me. All this multi-universe bullshit is bullshit. This is going to be good. Okay, I'm hoping I live up to the hype. You have high expectations? No. So you have low expectations yes. of this of this Lord of the Rings thing of, of my Lord of the Rings. Oh, comparison. it's all the it's fucking as low as you can go. Okay, so as our listeners know, I like to take each movie and compare it to Lord of the Rings. So again, I had to do that with the Doctor Strange movie. So looking at the movie, the first thing I always do is I try to figure out are there any characters in the movie that would fit into the Fellowship. So when I look at it, first of all, you look at Wong. Who's Wong gotta be? Wong has to be Sam. Sam is the helper. Sam is the support. I always feel like that's the role that Wong plays in these movies. He's the support character who helps the main character. Now, I was thinking, who would Frodo be? Would Doctor Strange be Frodo? No. Would he be Gandalf? That would be too easy to make him the wizard. I feel like he's more of an Aragon character where he is kind of the leader of the group. He's the one that's kind of saying, okay, we're going to do it this way and we're going to go this direction and we're going to do that. So I'm going to give the Aragon award to Dr. Strange in this movie. Frodo to me is America Chavez. And I struggled with this one to say, why is she the, you know, Frodo, she doesn't carry a ring. 
well, I feel like maybe the power within her that's sought by others and has led to the corruptions of others, you know, her power has corrupted Wanda. In the movie, in the beginning of the movie, Defender Strange was really, you know, helping and he was a good guy until he decided, I've got to take the power from America. You know, and that's where he got corrupted and he got killed. So the power inside of her is like the ring. So she is the bearer of the ring. Now, that's where I kind of struggle with it because she wasn't destroyed in the end, but she took control of her power. She learned how to use it and it was no longer like an option for anybody to take because Scarlet Witch gave up that idea. So really by her taking power was basically taking the ring as an availability from other people. Now, I was trying to look at the orcs and all that and really where does Wanda the Scarlet Witch fit in? I felt like she was maybe a Sauron character in that she was the one who was sending all of her minions originally out to get the ring. She wanted that power. And in the end, didn't really happen this way in the Lord of the Rings, but in the end, she had to try and go get it herself. But again, she was kind of using minions by using people in other universes. So that's kind of where I go with my Lord of the Rings comparison. I think that one's stronger than your last one. Really? I was going to say it was weaker. I think this one was stronger than the last one. All right, give him a grade. I give this a solid C+. Holy shit, you got a C plus from the professor. That's pretty good coming from the professor. I'm getting a C- minus from you, aren't I? Now you're getting the fucking D Ooh. right across the fucking forehead. That's what you're getting for what, that one. What, fucking what, D. What would you say the ring would be in this movie if you had to pick one? Uh, his third eye. How about that? See, I thought Sauron uh, being Wanda... I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, looking through all of the different places, looking, looking, looking. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I I guess. He still gets the D for me. And I like the D for you. I'm not disagreeing with it. And that was John's. Moment. I'm not even asked the question. You ask it. So are we ready to rate this bitch? I shall allow it. Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our movies on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. This is a movie that you are ready to watch at any time. Walking out of the theater, somebody says, hey, you want to watch this? Yes, I do. A one fuck movie is a movie that is one and done. You've watched it and you're done with it. And you're thinking, I don't, I don't ever want to see that again. And what would be Zero. A zero-fuck movie is somebody owes me two hours of my life back. Thank you very much, fucker, for making me watch this. So there you go. Uh, Who wants to go first? I do. What a fucking shock, right? I was actually about to volunteer, so wow. Wow, look at you guys. All right, fucker. All right, so we are... You go first. (laughs) We are talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I have to say that watching this movie, I really uh, decided to strap myself in and wait to see where this was going to go because it was going to be one crazy fucking ride. This movie was going to be really pushing the boundaries of where we go with the story. All my multiverse experience stories, for the most part, have taken place here on our Earth, and other universes come to us. Now we're going to other universes, and because we went to other universes, I thought... Well, shit, just sit back and watch what it's going to be because it's not going to be a permanent thing because I'm going to jump and jump and jump and jump again. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. As we go through the movie, I am uh, 
very, very uh, passionate about Doctor Strange. I think that he is a strong character. Benedict Cumberbatch does a really nice job, and I really appreciate him. He has been uh, very well fleshed out in the MCU, in my opinion. They have done a really nice job of taking somebody that I knew nothing about in the comic books, introduced, and now I have somebody that is a very strong character for me, one of my favorites in the MCU. And so having him go down this rabbit hole, if you will, it was it it was it was a little bittersweet because this story arc is somber. It is dark, and it's probably the darkest Marvel movie that I can think of. It has no uh, real sense of you know a brightness to it anymore. The way that the movie finally ends with his third eye, it's like. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that it's only a matter of time before he ends up like those other strangers that we've seen, either dead or corrupt or perverted in some way. And so, uh, I, I really thought that it was uh, it was kind of bittersweet to see him like this because it's a fall from grace, if you will. the The story in general. It was a really, really busy story, and it was, it was a full-time concentration trying to keep up with it. And I was able to follow the story, and I really appreciated uh, Elizabeth Olsen. She was great in this. Her character was badass, all capital letters, badass. She was great in this, and she was so sinister, and and her consume. Her, her consuming nature of what she wanted and, and, and not stopping for anything no matter what was a very uh, compelling uh, story arc for her that, that drove her character and pulled us along with her. And so I was appreciative of that. But in the end, I found myself thinking afterwards, where would I put this in the whole MCU? <sighs> Probably somewhere in the middle. You know, it, it, it's not on the bottom. It's definitely not in the top 10, that's for sure. And I feel like it's just kind of sort of someplace in the middle. And the reason why it's someplace in the middle and probably not further down is because I have a personal fondness for Doctor Strange. So I'm going to give this movie 3.5 fucks. 3.5 fucks from The Professor. You want to go next? Uh, sure thing. The special effects in this movie were done really well. The CGI and the darker elements did not take me out of the movie. So that I got to give it a plus for the way the movie was made. Benedict Cumberbatch, he did a fantastic job reprising the role of Doctor Strange. He, he gave me the same vibes that he did from the first movie that he did in this movie. The same kind of sarcastic wit, the same character, everything you would expect from that character he delivered. Elizabeth Olsen did an amazing job playing kind of that brutal villain character, yet someone you still want to care about that you want to see somehow redeemed. I wasn't thrilled with America Chavez with the character, with that character. I felt like she could have been developed more and maybe it's just that she required more time uh, to develop and build on that character to learn a bit, a little bit more. Maybe it would have been nice if she had a cameo in a previous movie or something else instead of just force feeding it all of her kind of background story in that little memory scene. So that's where I, I kind of had some issues. Uh, the story in my opinion could have been better. It was a dis 
a big departure from the classic style formula that had worked in other MCU movies. This horror experiment that they did, while if you're a fan of that style of movie, if you're a fan of Sam Raimi and Evil Dead 2, then it worked for you. If you weren't a fan, I felt like it kind of started to fall flat on the on your on its face. Now, the death scenes, I almost want to give this movie the award for being the most brutal of all of the MCU movies. And you might say, well, Thanos snapped his finger and killed half the universe. Or what about the scene when Thanos ripped the stone out of Vision's head? I don't think that holds a candle to the way that she kills Xavier in the dream of just snapping his neck. Or what I think takes the number one award was Black Bolt blowing out the back of his head. Those two scenes alone make this the most brutal, I think, of any MC movie to date. The, the biggest issue that I had with the script and the storyline, and like I said earlier, was the fact that it felt like Civil War, but with magic. That's the kind of the way that I saw it. One of my other issues that I had with this movie is that there was a lot of buildup about the multiverse and all that and the ramifications of screwing with it and the spell gone wrong in Spider-Man No Way Home. So, but when we got to this movie, there was no connections to that. They, he brought up that he knew Spider-Man or he knew a kid like that, but it didn't seem like anything that he had done in that Spider-Man movie caused any problems in this movie. I wish they would have built a bridge. I wish they would have made a connection. Now that's possibly because original plans for the movies was that Spider-Man was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange and they actually changed the orders that Doctor Strange came out after the Spider-Man movie. So maybe that's why they didn't work in the connection. I thought maybe that this whole dream walking thing, that was a little stretch for me that maybe Wanda would get a vision of the multiverse because of the spell that Doctor Strange cast, that maybe that's what started her dreams or something like that. I thought there would be a, more of a connection. Now, when it comes to my enjoyment of the movie, I always enjoy a Marvel movie. You know, every one of the movies, even Eternals, which I think has gotten a lot of flack, I enjoyed the movie. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies. I wouldn't say that this is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I don't even know if I would put this movie in my top 10. But because it's the characters that I love, and I loved the first Doctor Strange movie, I still enjoyed the movie. I still got a lot out of the movie. Um, the only thing, the only complaint about my enjoyment of this movie that I would give is that I want to feel connected to the characters. I want to care about the characters because of seeing Wong and Dr. Strange and some of these characters in previous movies, I've grown connected to them. American Chavez, America Chavez. They didn't give me enough time to care about her or build that connection. So that's one of the places where I felt like my enjoyment kind of fizzled a little bit is that I didn't care what happened to her. I didn't care if Wanda won in the end because she wasn't a character that I'm excited to see in another movie. If this had been my first introduction to Doctor Strange, I don't think this would have built that connection that I have with that character. So that's another complaint I kind of had about this movie is that you, you know, I really didn't feel much for those characters except for my bond to them from previous movies. Now, when it comes to rewatchability, Marvel movies are always rewatchable because of all the Easter eggs and all the things that they sneak in and the connections to other movies. So do I want to see this movie again? Absolutely. 
Am I going to go pay full price to see it again? Probably not. I'll probably want to see a matinee or cheaper price version, or I'm going to wait for it to come out on streaming or on home video. That's probably the next time I will see it. But again, I will see it again, and I'm going to probably enjoy it just as much as I did this time. Now, when it comes to whether or not I would recommend this movie to other people, I would recommend it to fans of the Marvel Universe or the Marvel movies. If you have not seen any of them or have not seen the first Doctor Strange, I would tell you to avoid this movie because it's going to be confusing, hard to follow, and you're not going to feel connected to any of the characters. You're going to try to be mostly trying to figure out what the heck's going on and trying to understand a lot of the lingo. So really, this is a movie made for Marvel fans. When it comes to my rating overall, Professor, you brought up a good point of what, you know, could you take it? Could you leave it? You know, looking at all of these aspects of what I liked and what I didn't like, I do feel kind of that middle ground, but I give a little credit to being a Marvel movie and enjoying it, you know, as much as I did. So I'm actually going to give this movie three and a quarter bucks. Three and a quarter fucks from the comic book guy. That just leaves you, Mr. Don. Yeah, it does. When you walk into an MCU movie, there are certain things that you can pretty much count on. You can count on the spectacle of what you were about to see. You can count on the solid acting. You could count on uh, the relationships of the story. Um, There's just a lot you can count on. I had high hopes going into this film, and overall, it's not a bad film. It's tolerable. And I think this is, out of the 28 films, this doesn't break my top 10. And I'm actually, I was actually kind of disappointed because I like Doctor Strange. I like the path that we've been sent on with Doctor Strange ever since the first one to his roles in Infinity and Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home, blah, blah, blah. You know, I really like it. I like the relationship between him and Wong. Um, I just felt that maybe... This felt more like a Sam Remy movie than an MCU movie. Uh, when he jumps out the window and starts floating down, I was half expecting to see Tobey Maguire swing up right beside him. It was the same look and feel. The bits where we think we can get a really good horror film going and make it, and yes, it is dark and it is brutal, fucking for sure. Those scenes were great, but he throws in campiness to it that uh, takes me out of it and it makes it, like I said, feel more like a Remy film than what we should be watching. The overall story, I kept up. It was fine. I think at some point, I'm going to get sick of watching Benedict Cumberbatch fight Benedict Cumberbatch, right? I'm going to, maybe I'm going to get sick of, you know, this uh, universe versus that universe. Let's just stick in our own universe and come up with some really good stories. Don't tell me you don't have the source material. Right. But I get it. You got to be bigger. You got to be better. Um, I still have hope. I still have hope with the direction that they're going. And I still have hope with the other titles that are coming out. At the end of the day, I feel like this is a big opportunity to move us in the direction where we need to be going. But I just feel like the direction we're going just got a little bit more convoluted. And so, you know, I hope Marvel proves me wrong, and I hope this was just a one-and-done thing. And no offense to Sam Raimi. I think he's a great director. There's a lot of films he's made that I really like. Um, Just 
this, I don't know if this is one of them. So for that, I am going to give Doctor Strange three fucks. All right. So 3.5, 3.25, and three. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah uh, it's not a, it's not very common that we're all pretty close in our, in our, uh, ratings that doesn't happen very often yeah but i think i think the three of us we i think the three of us we expect something out of marvel and i think that we really enjoy going to these marvel movies and you know for the for the most part wanda is easily the best thing of this film in my opinion elizabeth olsen knocks it out of the park right except at the end i think she gets shafted or they just ran out of time and i don't know it, it was just weird so. The way that it wrapped up so fast. Yeah. I also think, too, that with some of the Marvel movies, they've hit it out of the park, and they are just iconic. They're amazing movies. And every Marvel movie that comes out after those are always going to be compared to them on the scale. I mean, if we're going to give high scores to Infinity War and to Endgame, you know, this one compared to that movie falls way down on the rating scale, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I I think <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame broke us. That and even I, I really liked the original Doctor Strange movie, the first movie that came out. I Damn. thought that was a great introduction to the character. And this movie didn't live up to that movie. And so I can't, if I'm going to give, you know, that movie a certain rating, I can't have it be, you know, this movie be higher than that one or even equal to that one. All right. Now comes the time of the podcast where we would announce our next movie, but unfortunately for you, you have to go to the website and look it up. Have to get to positive spin. There you go. Uh, we will also be posting it on social media, and so stay tuned for that. I will say this, though. We are having a special guest. Uh, our, it's our first time having this guest, isn't it? It is. It's our true believer, and I know he's listening to this right now, so... Come and bring your egg game, bud. Um, hey, John, where can they find us? If they're looking to find us, they can always find us at our website, threeguysinaflick.com, where after each show, we go ahead and we post the show notes, some trivia, Easter eggs, and all kinds of great information about that podcast. You can also find us on the various social media outlets, as well as any place a podcast is hosted. All right, so before we sign off, I had the privilege of seeing this fine film with my 15-year-old daughter, and she had some thoughts of what she thought of uh, Doctor Strange. This is a very important thought. How long does it take America's powers to get taken out of her? Because, like, in the beginning of the movie, they're acting like it, it's really fast. But, like, she's in the pentagram. Her powers are getting taken away. She has to wait for Strange to... Dreamwalk into the zombie body, fight off these like spirits that are trying to kill him, and then there's still time. She still has her powers. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. And also, very important, her micro bangs. Those are very much Courtney Cox in Scream Three, and those weren't a thing in Scream. 3. It's so bad, and it's like I liked the character. She's a, such a great character, but I hated her micro bangs. It threw me. I hated them. It was so bad. Like, disgusting. Um, Christine's red hair, that deserves an award solely. That was amazing hair. I, I want it. It's amazing. Oh, why is Doctor Strange's magic considered magic, but Wanda's is witchcraft? Like, and why is it so different? Like, do they not have any overlapping? 
Like, they're on two different ends of the spectrum, but they have no overlapping things until Strange goes and takes a hold of the dark magic. Weird. Doctor Strange should have dyed his beard in one of the other universes because his beard stays relatively the same. I didn't like that. There was no connection to Spider-Man. I wanted a connection to Spider-Man. I gave it a 4.3 because I liked it. I also, it Wanda's like one of my favorite characters. And I also like that they added Latina representation into the Marvel Universe. I have one important question here. How does a 15-year-old sound more brilliant than us? Oh, because she's pretty fucking brilliant. So there you go. There you go. Those were thoughts from my 15-year-old. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for listening. We appreciate you doing that. So for Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. just go out and throw this on the record now don't get your fucking feelings hurt okay oh i know it's gonna happen i already figured that out in my little things so i'm like you know uh do we think wanda's care or wanda's alive i don't know who cares i'm gonna say i have a better question who cares there you go yeah so stay in your lane bud you're drifting left lebowski what movie anybody anybody the big lebowski no it'd be fucking end game dude Ugh. Oh, okay. I remember that now. Comic book guy. No, because it was the lovey-dovey stuff. You were still, no. you know, coming down from the musical note fight. Well, have no. Have you listened? Are you, we've done plenty that are so quick. That quick? That quick. Okay. I mean, you are known for being quick, so. That's what she said. <clears throat> so this is number, thank you to the professor. This is, where the fuck are my papers? <laughs> There's so many papers. He uses the eye of Amagato. His third eye opens up in the comic book. Yeah, and every time the wind blows, my third leg gets all happy. But that's, who fucking cares? A lot of big Doctor Strange comic book fans were really happy to see him added to this movie. Oh, great. I'm, I'm happy for the five of them. <laughs> wow of the harry potter characters. oh for fuck's sakes dude i'm telling you i want hey where's my multiverse where do i get the variants of you two clowns well first of all you'd that's be, what i want to know you'd be a dick in every universe strange was going to be ash and i yeah. thought that would have been kind of a funny twist on this whole story <laughs> no it wouldn't have yeah i don't know but hey is it just me or did that pizza ball look fucking delicious? I actually thought, you know, you know what? We're probably going to get pizza balls now. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Professor, what is the porn name of this movie? Doctor Strange and the Multiple Masturbations. <laughs> there you go. I think he just hit there it. There it is. There it is. Nicely done. All right, fuck off. Good night.